Please be seated. I kind of felt like this was an assignment handed out by my grade five teacher after Christmas. They wanted you to write an essay about what did you do for Christmas? How was your Christmas holidays? And <clears throat> that's sort of what Jason did. He wanted us, you know, to, to uh, write on uh, what Christmas means to us and the birth of the baby Jesus. So I shall continue. Oh, hang on a sec. The gospel reading would be first. That'd be nice. The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Then Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, I say, do this. And the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, and no one in Israel have I found such faith I tell you, many will come from east and west and will eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the heirs of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, where there will be, will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to, to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done according to your faith. And the servant was healed in that hour. The gospel of Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What Christmas and the birth of Jesus means to me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Savior and Redeemer. Amen. We've all had various experiences that have had a significant effect on who we are. What I've noticed over time is that it's not so much the experience itself that is important, but the meaning we assign to that experience. What is the story we tell ourselves about that experience? What's, what's that effect of the experience on who we are, the future decisions we make, and how we interact with others? Last week we heard Linda's experience as a child receiving a Christmas box and the note or card that was signed with love from God and how it affected her. The week before, we heard Phil speak about Christmas 
and family from his childhood and how it shaped the person that he became. My experiences as a child as well helped shape and mold me as it did them and all of you. Growing up in a single parent home in the 60s, watching my mom struggle to support us and try to give us as normal a life as possible, if there is such a thing as a normal life, and knowing that my mom had this amazing support group of family and friends that were ready and willing to jump in at a moment's notice to help out, went a long way with me to show how we as adults need to help and support each other. Then there were the moments in my own personal life that I allowed to help shape me and the person that I have become. There was this week-long church day camp when I was 10, and at the end of the week, I pledged to God to give my life over to him and his son, Jesus Christ. A very different experience was the bullying that I endured at not one, but four different public schools in Brantford from grade five to seven. And thanks to my mom and the example she set for me and my sisters, I had formed my own support group of sorts, and I was able to overcome the negative effects of these experiences. I remember fondly the Christmas hampers that would arrive at our front door just a few days before the big day, and my mom reminding us as we brought them in to be grateful for what we have and to thank God for inspiring and encouraging others to be generous with the less fortunate. I remember those days, and so when and, when and where I can, I give back to that community that supported us and helped support them in their year-round programs for the poor and the less fortunate. But throughout all this, there was one thing that kept me on track, kept my spirits up, music. Whether it was singing in the church youth choir or participating in the May Festival's 400 voice choir. Remember the May Festival? Music helped me get through all of it. Sadly, I never learned to play a musical instrument other than the drums in grade 9 and 10. And so, as far as my mom was concerned, there would be no practicing or studying at home. But I continued to practice the practice of listening to positive, upbeat music. Now, you're probably asking yourself, well, Brian, this is all well and good, but what's this story got to do with Christmas and the birth of Jesus? Well, here it is. You all must be aware of the fact that for the last five or six years, maybe more, mainstream radio has been playing Christmas music exclusively, exclusively for three to five weeks before Christmas. And this just makes me feel so enlightened. It, it gives me a warm feeling right here because they're playing songs like Little Drummer Boy and O Come, O Come, Emmanuel or Hark the Herald Angels Sing and Mary Did You Know. I love this because whether the listening public know it or not, they are hearing the inspired words of God. That the birth of Jesus Christ should be and is for many of us the main focus of the season. Now, at last count, Brent and I have approximately 29 Christmas albums. Different artists and such, of course. Everything from Blue Rodeo to Distinction, Casting Crown, Steve Curtis Chapman. But there's, there's one album that I, I got about 15 years ago, and it's Celtic Christmas music. And it got me to thinking, what is this song doing on a Christmas album? I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't entirely relate. So I'm going to play it for you. 
Now, like I said, I picked this album up about 15 years ago, and it struck me as odd at first that a song much more suited for Eastertide was on a Christmas album. And over the years since I've, I got this album, I've thought about it, and I now understand that thanks to today's culture, we've almost completely secular, secularized the meaning of Christmas and muddied the connection between Christmas and Easter. Our commercialized consumer society has almost completely blurred that connection between these two major dates in the Christian calendar. I'm sure that the connection is there in, in the back of your mind as it is mine, but we need to bring it to the forefront of our thoughts about Christmas. All these connections between Christmas images and the suffering of Jesus teach us that if you want to understand this birth, you must understand this death. Christmas and Easter are unavoidably connected, and you cannot have one without the other. Without Easter, Christmas is meaningless. The Christmas scriptures are filled with suggestions of Easter, so let's look at a few. In Luke, the infant Jesus is placed in a manger, a feed box. Why? Well, manger in French, uh, in French is to eat. This child is destined to become our spiritual food in the Eucharist. The infant's body is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, just as the body of the crucified Christ is wrapped in a burial cloth, a shroud, and laid in the tomb. And the wood of the manger reminds us that Christ the King reigns from the wood of the manger to the wood of the cross and beyond. The Magi from the East and Matthew come seeking the newborn King of the Jews, and above the cross, Pilate wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The gold, frankincense, and myrrh brought by the Magi suggests that he is God's holy one, deserving of our worship. Hence, the incense, the royal king of our hearts, deserving our homage, therefore, the gold. And finally, a divine king who was destined to die for us, myrrh, which was used to anoint the dead. The narrative of the nativity is straightforward and the connections are easily to make. But in other cases, the connection isn't always that obvious. Take the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Father Bob covered this Christmas song many years ago and I thought I would cover it again with one little twist. I will give you the meaning behind the first and twelfth day of Christmas and you must work out the other ten days. Here's a hint. You can find it online along with its origin story. So as the song goes, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. The partridge in a pear tree is Christ, who gathers all people under his wings. And the last verse, on the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me twelve drummers drumming. The twelve drummers announced the twelve articles of the Apostles' Creed. The birth and life of Jesus, of which we contemplate at Christmas time, gets all its meaning and power from the life he led, the miracles he performed, and the message and mission that he gave us. To me, the unique meaning of the birth of Jesus can only be understood by contemplating the life-giving, sin-shattering life, death, and resurrection that came after that first Christmas. Amen. <laughs>